0: The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT Podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart, New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fort, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is The New Tech. I hope this finds you well, and you're having a great week. The latest downfall news. Snopes.com, a supposed fact-checker used by many in the MSM, is in the midst of a downfall as I record this. More on this next episode have been falling for online scams more than us old farts. That's according to reports. Fake COVID vaccination card sales are booming on the dark web. You know, if you mandate things, a black market will flourish. That's been my personal experience anyway. Hey, think your cryptocurrency of choice is safe? No! Well, think again. Hackers stole $611 million worth of cryptocurrency. The hack seems to trace back to a Chinese crypto exchange aptly named Who. You know, a mattress seems to be more secure than an exchange these days. And finally, have you been suspended from any social media platforms for expressing your opinion yet? Well, don't worry. It's just a matter of time. Tech News Well, Samsung held their Unpacked event, and because of leaks, there were no real surprises. A semi-surprise, I guess you can call it, was the two smartwatches that were introduced. Everyone knew that they would be primarily powered by Google's Wear OS combined with Samsung's Tizen, but their styling was the surprise, at least to me. The two watches named Galaxy Watch 4 and Galaxy Watch 4 Classic appear to have a similar design to the leaked Pixel watches that Google is expected to introduce in the fall. Perhaps those leaks were misidentified? Both watches managed to catch up to Apple's watch in regard to health sensors and add the capability to measure your body mass index, something Apple's watch currently doesn't do. I would imagine that Apple could add this with a firmware update if they wanted to. I Well, we'll just have to wait and see who wins the race to blood sugar tracking. That seems to be the holy grail of smartwatches. The aluminum Samsung Galaxy Watch 4 will sell for $249.00. And the stainless steel 4 Classic will set you back $349. And that's very competitive compared to Apple's offerings. The difference in price is made up in the fact that Apple updates its hardware for a much longer time than Samsung will their hardware. Next, Samsung introduced the Galaxy Z Fold 3 smartphone. The model has gained more water resistance and has two different S pens to go along with it. The screen is 6.2 inches and folds out to an almost tablet size 7.6 inch screen. It looks really cool. The price starts at $1,799 Ouch. for the 256 gigabyte of storage and $1,899 oh. for the 512 gigabytes of storage model. All models will have 12 gigabytes of memory. You know, 10 gigabytes is probably taken up by the included Chrome browser. <laughs> The standard S Pen will cost you $49, while the Pro version will be $99. The Galaxy Z Flip 3 was up next and features a 1.9-inch display on its case and flips open to a 6.7-inch screen. No info on water resistance was given. A Galaxy Z Flip 3 with 128GB of memory will cost you $999, And one with 256 gigabytes will go for $1,049. Both models feature 8 gigabytes of RAM. Finally, the Galaxy Buds 2 were introduced at $149 per pair. These are supposed to compete with Apple's AirPod Pros, but seem to match up more with the new, new Beats Studio Buds as far as features go. Both have the same retail price of $149, but you can pick up the Beats for about $129 now if you you find a sale. And as predicted, there was no new Galaxy Note introduced. I still think that foldable phones are not built rugged enough, and the prices are still too high. I'd be interested in the form factor of the Galaxy Z Flip the most. It would have to be more robust for me to consider that form factor, though. According to an article from WindowsCentral.com, the antivirus and cybersecurity company Norton will acquire antivirus software company Avast for $8.1 billion. This will up the competition in the antivirus industry, especially with arch rival McAfee. I've used McAfee, Norton, Avast and others during my Windows days, but since migrating to Apple's ecosystem, I just use a basic scanner. Even while I was in the Windows camp, I reverted to using the default antivirus which comes with Windows. Why? Well, in order to work, antivirus software reads and catalogs all the files on your computer. This gives the software and the company that makes the software access to all your files. A while back, the Russian antivirus software company Kaspersky assessed classified files on an NSA contractor's personal laptop, which led to the hacking of the NSA who lost all of their spy tools. Remember the shadow brokers hack? Yeah, that was it. Kaspersky was banned from being used on U.S. government computer systems after that. Also remember that Symantec, the company that owns Norton and now Avast, itself was hacked and lost the source code for its antivirus software, which is Norton. I figured that Microsoft already had access to all the files on my computer, so I wasn't giving away any info that wasn't already compromised. It would be better to just use a reputable virtual private network and a simple file scanner and only use a full-blown antivirus tool if you've been infected. Oh, and try staying away from nefarious websites and clicking on suspicious links. Tech I'm using. With the Delta and now Lambda variants of the COVID virus wrecking havoc throughout the world... Lockdowns and work from home have become a hot topic once again, unfortunately. In past episodes, I advised against using the insanely popular Zoom video conferencing app because it was coded over in China and continuously has security problems. I first recommended RingCentral as a better choice, but now recommend Microsoft's Teams. I use Teams at work and find it a great communication tool for chatting and video conferencing with coworkers throughout my very large government organization. I've downloaded a personal copy along with my immediate family and set up a family team and use it as a centralized hub for communication. Yes, we could do this all with Apple's iMessage and FaceTime, but those apps have some limitations. Custom backgrounds is one that comes to mind. The big thing for me is that if I'm ever forced to work from home again, my organization already uses it and the billions of Windows users around the world already have it installed on their computers. Entertainment news. Sony has purchased the anime studio Crunchyroll from AT&T for $1.2 billion. Crunchyroll is a featured hub on the HBO Max streaming service, but the announcement didn't clarify whether it will continue to be carried on HBO Max. I've never looked at the Crunchyroll hub on HBO Max. I guess I'm of a generation that never got into that genre, but I hear it's the last frontier of non-woke cartoon entertainment. And finally, rest in peace, Marky Post. Thanks for all the entertainment over the years. podcasting news this podcast is now available on reason.fm Reason FM is a social podcast listening platform which allows you to subscribe listen and comment on episodes of podcasts it has an app for both android and ios as well as a cool website it's early days and i haven't gotten any play subscriptions or comments yet so we'll see how it goes Apple says it has fixed a glitch which is causing podcast downloads to fall by as much as a third. The August statistics will show us if the glitch has, in fact, been fixed. Well, I don't know if this has had any any effect on this particular show, but I know my numbers have gone down by almost 50%. Eh, It could be the content or the host or maybe both. Another independent podcast bites the dust. Marcus Brownlee, who has an incredibly huge YouTube channel, branched into podcasting last year with his Waveform Technology podcast. He later joined an independent network called Studio 71. I listened to it for a while, but it wasn't for me. According to PBJ.com, Mr. Brownlee and his podcast have joined the Vox Media Empire who will handle all those pesky details that go into producing and distributing a show. I predict more ads. Details weren't disclosed on whether any currency was exchanged or who actually owns the show going forward. The podcasting business train keeps picking up steam. (coughs) Time for a rant. With the resignation of the former nation's governor, New York's Andrew Cuomo this week. I hope for the good of my home state, which is New York, that quote the Cuomo era is finally over. I was living in upstate New York and watched the economy statewide be destroyed by the now deceased elder Cuomo, Mario. He served 3 terms as governor and was defeated thankfully on his 4th attempt. Mario Cuomo was the original tax and spend democrat. Businesses were taxed out of the state. Peterbilt, Savage Firearms, Canterbury Press, Riverware, and Oneida closed up during my five-year residency in the city of Rome, New York. When the Air Force Base was closed, probably in retaliation for consistently voting in Democrats, the city and surrounding area's economy's devastation was complete. Last summer, my family and I took a ride up to the area, and it's a shell of its former self. His elder son, Andrew, Who started off as a middle of the road Democrat when first elected drifted left, way left, as the whole Democratic Party has in the last few years. The man's daily COVID briefings even won an Emmy for Pete's sake. He was given a $5 million down payment to write a book about his leadership role during the pandemic, but instead of penning the manuscript himself, he seems to have used state employees to do the dirty work. He was riding high and even received some backing for a Presidential run. Then the cracks started to appear. During the whole COVID crisis, he mandated that COVID-infected patients be admitted to nursing homes and then lied about the number of deaths that occurred from this action. He claimed around 1,000 deaths, but after an investigation, the number could be as high as 15,000. But that's not what caused his sudden downfall. From out of the woodwork, women appeared, claiming that he sexually abused them. Of course, he tried discrediting his accusers, which, of course, blew up in his face. While no fan of his, I just have to wonder, why now? You know, this reeks of the same op used against Justice Kavanaugh, who was unsuccessful in that case. But ask yourself, who considered him a threat? Who has the most to gain from his resignation? Episode 90 has come to an inglorious end. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed making it for you and hope you found it worth your while. You can always contact me at OFNTpodcasts at gmail.com if you're so inclined. You can tell me what things you liked or disliked about the show. I'd love hearing from you. Hey, and just do me a favor. Give the show a rating on whatever platform you use to listen to it. You can also go to Reason.fm and rate the show and also leave a comment. I'd really appreciate it. I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, don't forget to order your fake vaccination card and get off my lawn. Ah. Hey, I might be on a two-week hiatus. I don't know if I'm going to have time to make a show for the next two weeks because i got to work my day job. So I'll see you when I see you. Sick of being upsold at gyms?